Good morning. Good morning. It's Brenda Shoshana Eshen. <coughs> Excuse me. Back with another episode of Zen Wisdom for your everyday life. And this is indeed about the journey of everyday life. Even one day is a, a pilgrimage, a journey. We don't think of it that way. We just think, okay, you know, going, doing our routine things day by day. But it is a journey. And what do we mean by that in Zen? What do we mean by a pilgrimage? Do we mean that we're headed out and we have to reach a destination? Sometimes people do think that way. It's a journey. We have to go from here to there. <clears throat> we don't think of it. We have to go from here deeper to here where we are right now, but to really go deeper, deeper into where we are, a journey within perhaps. And yet time seems to pass. One moment follows the next, and we think we're going, (laughs) we think we're going somewhere. We're getting somewhere. That does seem to be the experience. We're getting somewhere. I finished this. I finished that. I'm getting somewhere. But then again, we're back to square one, to the beginning. The next day comes. Now, some of us, of course, think of a journey or as, <clears throat> as a progression where we purify ourselves. Now, that's a very fascinating and beautiful concept. <clears throat> purify ourselves. Every morning in the morning service, we in the Zen morning service, and in all services in one form or another, <clears throat> we ask to be cleansed, washed clean, let go of, maybe you call it bad karma, negative feelings, unfair actions we may have taken, wrong decisions, whatever that is, all the unwanted aspects of our life and our being and maybe our behavior, our thoughts. And there are many ways in which we ask to be cleansed of it. And of course, of course, as we do Zazen, there really is a direct experience of being cleansed, of being, of things leaving, leaving thoughts, emotions, memories. But when I say leaving, I mean just dissolving. They're not heavy on our heart anymore. We become aware of something perhaps that we've done or said. We, that awareness is like a, we confess to ourselves. We see it. We experience. We experience the outcome of these thoughts and actions without punishing ourselves or someone else. Because we also see the outcome of other people's thoughts and actions that might have felt very hurtful. In Zen practice, (coughs) we don't really get into revenge, guilt, judgment (coughs) of ourselves or others. Actually, as we sit, we see that there's so much of that going on already anyway. So much self-disapproval, so much self-judgment. It could become startling. All of a sudden, you'll remember something you did 20 years ago. And it hasn't been completed yet. It hasn't been cleansed. It hasn't, we haven't come to peace with ourselves, with others, with our lives. And by peace, maybe another word is completion. It's not complete. 
It's hanging there. <clears throat> it's hanging. And, and something that's not complete, that's hanging within our heart or mind, that weighs us down. It stops us from living our lives fully and from loving others and ourselves fully as well. So it's not complete. So as we sit, in a sense, if we're sitting for quite a while and we keep experiencing something, and it will return, it's so interesting, it will return again and again to be completed, to be fully experienced. An experience that we've had, it will keep, sometimes it comes up again and again. And we may look away from it, we may ignore it, we may try to replace it with another thought, but it will keep coming up until it is complete. Now that's very actually beautiful. That is interesting. That is actually fascinating because that's what our life is also. Certain relationships keep returning certain patterns because they also need to become complete. What does that even mean, become complete? It means to fully, fully see it, feel it, absorb it, digest it, <clears throat> know it, not in our mind, but in our whole body. If there is regret, feel that regret fully, fully, fully. And when we do that, it's pretty much impossible for it to repeat itself again. <clears throat> because when we fully, fully, fully experience what we may have done or someone else and how we reacted, when we fully, fully, completely, wholeheartedly, these are all the same words, allow it <clears throat> to inform us and, and experience it, it, it's complete. It's very, very unlikely that we will do it again because we've experienced it and all the outcomes of it, maybe the harm of it, we've experienced it fully, thoroughly. <clears throat> you know, in Zen practice, this practice is based upon what we call Buddha nature, which is really referring to a part of ourselves, which is the Buddha, which means which is awake, which is compassionate, <clears throat> which is vast, which is endless. That's in us. That is us. And when, when we do become complete with something and experience it over and over, the Buddha nature kind of takes over. And that's also the part in us that does not want to do harm or be harmed. Not at all. That Buddha nature is utter compassion, clarity. So when it sees something through and through, then that's that. Many people will say once they've experienced something through and through and through, either it doesn't come up again in their sitting or in their life, <clears throat> or if the opportunity to do that again in their life appears, they have no attraction to it at all. <clears throat> they are stopped. <clears throat> they are stopped from repeating that because they have become complete with it, experienced it so fully and deeply you know, there's a saying also, a beautiful, beautiful saying in, in Zen uh, literature, I guess. I wouldn't call it literature, but in the Zen teachings, 
<clears throat> that says, from the mud grows, the lotus grows from the mud. Beautiful flower, the lotus flower, <clears throat> which represents purity, enlightenment, beauty, wisdom, that grows out of the mud. Its roots, and that's true of all beautiful flowers, trees, bushes, the roots are in this soil, in the mud, in the mud. But in this particular case, what it means is out of the pain, the dirt, the confusion of our lives, out of the mud, out of the mess <laughs> we've made, that's all good because out of that will grow a lotus flower, will grow wisdom, will grow beauty, will grow compassion when we take it the right way. What an amazing, beautiful teaching that is. And it's actually true. And because you see it yourself when you practice, out of all this pain or despair, when we really allow ourselves to fully experience it, comes, boom, like a lotus flower, understanding, growth, compassion, awareness, it's so interesting that the mud and the lotus are intimately interconnected, not one without the other. The lotus isn't flying around somewhere in the air. It's rooted in the mud. And that's how it gets its nourishment even. That's a very fascinating phenomenon and something worth thinking about. <clears throat> because rather than hate ourselves or feel, oh, I'm so disappointed in myself. I've heard somebody say that this week. Some beautiful person who, from my perspective, has lived an amazing life. He said, oh, I'm so disappointed. So, you know, that's so sad, and that's so prevalent, that kind of idea. I've messed up, or I missed the mark, I failed. <clears throat> when we think that way, we don't really realize that all the mess-ups, all the mistakes... All the mud in our life is the soil out of which grows our beauty and our strength and our knowledge. We couldn't know that if we didn't mess up. How could we know what true compassion was if we hadn't experienced the opposite? What a lovely, lovely way of understanding our lives and of living our lives and of receiving whatever comes to us. Oh, is this part of the mud? Will this fertilize more growth, more beauty inside of me? What will grow out of this painful experience? Now, I love thinking of it that way. What, what are the possibilities here? What will I know that I never could have known if I hadn't gone through this? And you know, that's a very powerful and it's also a very powerful way of thinking about this, the COVID, the plague, whatever you want to call it, the epidemics. We hate them. We hate them. Of course, I understand. We've been locked down. It's been very rough. Losses of relationships, losses of sanity, for sure. Losses of communication. Many, many things have shifted very abruptly for so many of us during this period. And yet, and yet, how we value now the opportunity to hug or to be together or to something we took for granted, to see someone in person, how we value that, how precious it is.
We needed the opposite to, to really to, to see how precious it is. So many things that we just took for granted, we can no longer take for granted. Maybe we thought we could just let everything just roll by and not take care of certain things that were very important to be taken care of. We also value our speech now, our being able to say what we think and feel, to speak out without being shut down. So there are many, 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 many lotus flowers that can and will come out of this difficult, difficult experience many of us are having. So that actually is the experience of Zen practice and many other practices, of course, as well. But, you know, the thing I love so much about Zen practice, it's very clear it's it's not a lot a lot of rule it's not about a lot of preaching <laughs> believe this believe that do this do that it's just sit just sit down near the waterfall I, of course it doesn't say near the waterfall but when i just sit there is a waterfall all around me i feel a waterfall of i feel my breath that's a waterfall I feel thoughts, I feel like, I, I, I feel I experience my life. I experience maybe the hard times, I experience the beauty, I experience beautiful new insights. Just sit down, be still, be alive, awake, be willing to experience whatever comes, and it will all come by itself. That, to me, is so wonderful by itself. I'm not contriving something. I'm not forcing it. I'm just allowing life to live through me. That is so precious, so healing, so all-encompassing. We really gain a new perspective of ourselves and of life and of all the people who appear in our minds and in our lives and in our memories. And at one point, we can embrace all of it and just say, thank you. Gasho. We put two hands together and make a little bow. Gasho. Thank you. Mm. What a moment. To be thankful. I mean, truly so. You don't have to say it to anyone. Just to your own self. To, to the spirit, to the great spirit. Whatever you want. To Buddha, to God, to the divine. Any way you want to language it. It's the same. Gasho, thank you. Deep thank you for the opportunity to experience such a, an incredible vastness. And actually, when we come to that place, thank you, Gasho, to much of our life, we are healed. It is impossible then to linger in darkness. The mud has been used beautifully, and the lotus flowers are blooming wildly. Gasho, thank you.
heartfelt. And it arises that thank you also, but it's not something we say because it's the right thing to say and we're taught to be polite. No, 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 not that way. It bubbles up by itself, a really true heartfelt thank you coming from deep within naturally. That's a different thank you than one that's coming from, oh, I should say thank you now. Makes sense to say thank you. I'm taught to. It's time to, no, this one bubbles up, bubble, bubble, bubble. Part of the waterfall bubbles up. It's, it's natural. It's deep. It's real. It's real. And, and when something is real, they say words from the heart go into the heart. A thank you up that bubbles up, <laughs> bubbles into, up from you, really into the heart of the other as well, and into the heart of all of life. So I thank you right now very much, very much for listening again and again. I love sharing with you. I'm grateful that you listen. If you uh, want to contact me for any reason, my email is topspeaker at yahoo.com. And the URL is zenwisdomtoday.com. And have a really beautiful day. Bye-bye.